A rainy Friday in Happy Valley, a sign of things to come. But don't let that dampen your spirits because we got plenty of information. We've got recruiting information and, of course, your inside access to Ryan Snyder's best bets. It's Friday. That means it's time for the happy hour edition of the BWI Daily Edition. Welcome to the last day of the work week, getting you ready for the weekend. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. That is Ryan Snyder. Ryan, good afternoon. How are you doing today? Good, man. Just uh, finished uh, putting together this list for the weekend, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Um, another fun weekend of college football. We'll, we'll talk about that with best bets. Um, everything's going well. So I got a bunch of sick kids at home. I guess that's not fun, but uh, it's that, <laughs> it's that, time, that of time of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every everyone's indoors, and it's getting colder, and everyone's getting colds. Uh, so we've got a lot of information to get through, and you've got a lot of things you need to get to today. So let's get right to it. An official visit coming up this weekend for a critical, a crucial spot in the class of 2023. Tell us what you know about the situation. Yeah, Cameron Wallace, 2023 running back. Out of Georgia, um, you know, Cam hasn't. I've been texting with him a little bit over the last couple of days, but um, still trying to do a, a formal interview. And uh, we got to the point where, uh, you know, it was Thursday night-ish. I'm not going to bug a kid Thursday night if I got to bug him again after the visit. So uh, I, I hope I hope to get a little more in-depth information um, just on him and his season and, and you know, the, the overall interest. Uh, from Penn State after the visit. Uh, I, I know Georgia Tech is a school that he has visited so far. That was his only visit, um, and that, that took place about about a month ago. Um, I know it was in October. I think it was like uh, for their game against Duke, so I think it was right around a month ago. Uh, he's really taken off over the last couple couple months, or really, really since the end of September, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, I know Washington State offered around that time. I think it was uh, September 21st. Uh, and then since then, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Michigan State, Vanderbilt all offered. Penn State then followed up behind those schools. Uh, and then a few others have have joined the mix as well. Uh, thousand plus yards on the season on 112 carries, 12 touchdowns. He's averaging 9.1 yards per carry. Uh, so some, some good stats there, but I, I'd be lying if I said I know a ton about uh, Montgomery County's competition or, or right. who's racing. You know, I do know Georgia, but Georgia's always stacked too. I mean, Georgia's not one of those states where, uh, you know, you have to be too concerned about that stuff. Uh, just, just again, it, it's, it's so deep in that state. So, uh, yeah. just we'll learn a lot. We'll learn a lot after this visit. We'll learn where Penn State stands with him. Uh, we'll, we'll learn his thoughts. I mean, the, the fact that his first official visit is to Penn State says something there. Uh, mm-hmm. but just kind of, I need to get a better feel for, who else he's interested in, where he's going to visit, and where he stands on Penn State's board uh, moving forward. It, so always the testing numbers and, and stats and things like that are a huge part for Penn State. Obviously, they'll get the the heights and the weights and things like that, but it, it must mean that they're pretty comfortable with all that stuff if they're inviting him up for an official visit. Is that is that a fair assessment? Um, for the most part, yes. Uh, I would say when you, when you get to this point of the year and you know – the only way you're going to get him on campus is an official. You you use it. I mean, most of the time when you're bringing guys for official visits, especially earlier in the year, you know they're they're pretty much absolutely a take. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be the case here. But when you're getting, like I said, we're you know we're like a month away from signing day. They still have twenty ish official visits to use. So so okay. they can use an official visit on a guy 
where they're still trying to fact find. I, mm-hmm. Now, I mean, again, from what I've seen, you look across the landscape and then you, you, you consider Penn State absolutely needs another running back and stuff like that. Uh, it points to him, you know, being a guy that they're that they're serious about and probably likely will take. But again, I just like I said, we're a month out, 20 plus official visits remaining. You can use a couple of them at this point for fact finding missions. So I don't want to push all my chips in there and say, you know, he's going to be a guy Penn State goes all in for that. This visit will determine where he really stands on their board moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and as you've mentioned many times before, the coaching carousel is going to heat up pretty soon and that's going to mm-hmm. shuffle the board. And this might be a distant memory in a month or this might turn into something. We It's, it's going right. to be that December period right before signing day in the next couple of weeks are uh, pretty important and not to take words out of your mouth, but I've, like I said, like we said last week, repetition is key and, uh, and mm-hmm. I've learned from you. So hopefully uh, we all have learned from you. So anything else on that particular situation? Is there anything else you're monitoring with that before we get into the recruiting list for this weekend? Um, not, not really with him. Like I said, I mean, just, I need to learn more info about him that it's really, he announced Tuesday he's coming. We played phone tag for a couple of days. And again, like it's doing an interview with him the day before he visits compared right. to, and knowing I have to do one, Three days out, you know, th- three days from now, it just it yeah. doesn't make sense to, to bug a kid twice. So we'll 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 learn a lot more in the coming days, uh, and and hopefully by the time Sean and I talk on Tuesday, we'll have a, a much better feel for where he really stands on their board. This is the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host Thomas Frank Carr. If you're listening to this on our podcast version, please subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, where like 90% of people listen, make sure you leave a review. Five star review is always helpful if we've earned that. And uh, Ryan is putting in the work today. We're gonna get to the best bets. We've got all that great information for you. And he's on a bit of a hot streak. So. Five stars for five wins. I think that that's pretty worth it. Uh, also, if you're watching here on YouTube. Make sure you uh, like the video, and if you haven't yet and you've been here a couple times and you watch the video, listen, I get it. I, for the longest time, was very selective with my subscriptions on YouTube. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't think, hit subscribe, and then you're helping us out. You're growing the channel. You are the fuel to the rocket ship that is the BWI Daily Edition and our YouTube and podcast uh, stuff ryan we we debuted a new podcast so we're now doing six a week i saw recruiting podcast or with the yeah. hoops podcast i learned something the other day too or i just i learned how excited nate is for basketball basically which i already know that like nate i think nate likes basketball sometimes more when he likes football uh he's but uh but yeah i enjoyed listening to it the other day it was good so we'll be getting you all that information but one of the biggest things that we need to get to you is the recruiting list for this weekend sign up BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. I know I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you, but that's the quickest way to get this information and to get it in its entirety. It is $10 from now until next season starts. So you can get inside access to recruiting, film evaluation, high school film evaluation, all that great stuff. Uh, But we're going to talk about some of the names, some of the things on this list. First off, I mentioned at the top of the show, rainy day today in State College, predicted to be rainy tomorrow. How has that had an effect on this list? Yeah, so um, I'm not sure what tomorrow will entail. I mean, it's supposed to rain in the morning, but I think it's going to clear up for the game. But the the, the main issue, though, is uh, a lot of the playoff games are getting pushed to Saturday. So, you gotcha. know, we've already seen a couple guys, um, you know, who were expected kind of have to, to cancel now and, and will be, uh, you know, just, just not able to visit. Maybe a couple of them said they'll, they'll try and come to Michigan State. But 
the the big thing though with this list, and this this is how they've done it in a lot in recent years, is the penultimate game, the, the second to last home game, is usually a very heavy list when it comes to potential walk-ons. You know, they they've spent the last you know handful of months scouting regional guys who you know would fit well from a from a PWO perspective, and we're we're going to see probably two dozen or so players this weekend that they're they're going to target hard for uh, you know as, as a preferred walk on. So that makes up the majority of the list this week. And then we've had like I said, I, I don't know maybe four or five six guys that wanted to visit uh, see their games get pushed pushed back. Uh, I'll run through a couple names quick. Isaiah Johnson is, a, is an interesting athlete out of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Thomas Jefferson is his high school. They played a uh, playoff game last night, so he should be here uh, this weekend. Is he a corner? Is he a wide receiver? I think he's more of a wide receiver. Uh, Penn State saw him play earlier this year. Like what they've seen there, uh, just trying to get a better feel for uh, – are they going to offer him though? I mean, he, this kind of reminds me of the Rodney Laura situation. You know, you've seen him play, like what he said, or like what they saw. Get him on campus, feel him out a little bit more, continue to watch the film, and 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 see how it all plays out. So we'll we'll see if he uh, ends up being a wide receiver offer, six two one seventy five. Like I said, out of Richmond, Virginia. I do expect him on campus. I expect Tyshawn Russell too, another 2023 wide receiver out of Bishop McDevitt. He holds the, uh, I think it's Boston College and Vought Tech. I want to say are his two early uh, or two recent offers. His two Power Five offers, really. He's blown up uh, after solid senior season. So two interesting 2023 wide receivers to keep an eye on that Penn State's watching. The 2024 and 2025 lists are where we saw the the majority of talented players who were expected. Uh, who, who can no longer attend due to games getting moved around. I do expect Darian Mayo to be here this weekend. Good counsel. Uh, Good-looking prospect, three-star player at the moment. Did not know, uh, I was talking to some people this week, did not know that Darian was originally from York, PA. Uh, he moved yeah. to Maryland just two years ago, so there are some PA ties there. Uh, really good-looking prospect physically. I mean, he's he's yeah. a true 6'6", six, six, two. A true 240. Uh, I love so that he's labeled as a linebacker. So he's labeled as a linebacker. I turn on the tape. I'm like, that's not a linebacker. That's not a linebacker oh, at all. Where's he listed as a linebacker at? I, I thought I, I saw him. We have an edge. Oh, okay. We have an edge at on three. Uh, I didn't know if that was another site that had him like that. But I mean, I, but even as edge, I don't think that's right. I mean, he he's going to be an interior player. He's already 6'6", 240. I mean, uh, I just feel like that should get changed to interior. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that with Charles and the guys down the road. Uh, but he, he's already got a handful of quality offers. I think it's uh, right around – I think it's a little over a dozen now. Vatech, Maryland, West Virginia, USC is a good one. Auburn, although they got a new coaching staff, so I don't know how legit that offer is. Uh, Michigan, Old Miss, Pitt, a couple others. So uh, quality prospect there. I mean, Mayo is probably the top prospect uh, coming to campus this weekend, although I really like a, another 2024 player in Travion Dunbar from uh, Aiken, Aiken, South Carolina. He doesn't hold as deep of an offer list as, as Mayo does. Uh, does have Michigan State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Vatech, Penn State has offered as well. Uh, number right now is 5'10", 190 size-wise. We'll, we'll get a better feel after this visit for where he uh, truly shakes out on that list. But, um, you know, there, there's a couple 2025 guys as well. Brandon Caesar's a good defensive tackle out of Cleveland Heights. And a few others who have Power 5 offers, no Penn State offer yet. So just kind of have to see uh, who all makes it. Uh, I am watching for maybe a few guys from DeMatha to make it up. Uh, Penn State's always trying to get those powerhouse Maryland programs to attend the Penn State-Maryland game, of course. They 
I uh, wouldn't be surprised if James tries to run up the score in this game, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. So let's see. Uh, let's see if they make it. I mean, I talked to some people. What was it? Yeah, Thursday afternoon. They said they were still trying to work out a ride. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that game. I think they had a game. I think they have a, a, one of their playoff games tonight. Uh, I'm not sure. Is it? I'm trying to think of who they played tonight. I can't remember now. But uh, is, is that game getting pushed back? I don't. I don't have that information. You know, at the moment either. So. Uh, just trying to get a better feel for who actually is going to make it. Uh, some of these games are going to get moved around still by the by the time uh, people are watching this. So we'll see. But it's not it's not much of a big list this weekend. Uh, we'll see. I, I would expect the Michigan State list to be pretty heavy uh, from a walk on perspective as well. The Michigan State mm-hmm. list could be where you get maybe a late official visit or two uh, once seasons end. But uh, you know, just just kind of still in that wait and see mode. It's it's been quiet, and uh, this weekend's going to be pretty quiet as well. Uh, outside of Cameron Wallace. So let's see. You, you keep anticipating my in, interesting follow-up question that I don't have on the rundown. How, how does this how does this work? Because you mentioned the second to last home game is heavy on walk-ons. Uh, does that mean they're going to push for guys to show up for that game that's usually right around Thanksgiving? Uh, you know, some of the prospects, some of the official visits they want, or is that kind of another one of those Last game of the season, what you just said of maybe some walk-ons and guys that they want to see. I mean, official visits will if uh, there's only a couple of scholarships left, so that's the most important thing to know. But uh, I, I would assume that most of the official visits will be in December. But okay. we'll we'll keep an eye on you know maybe maybe a guy or two next week. But I, I think these last two games are going out uh, from a recruiting perspective pretty quiet. I mean, Michigan okay. State hasn't had a great season. A lot. Of, I I know they're expecting to host another big group of potential walk-ons for Michigan State, and you know the the thing that's hard to say is over the next two weeks a lot of kids will get knocked out of the playoffs, and that'll that'll change. Uh, and you know somebody will want to fit in a, a visit somewhere. So right now, uh, it, I don't expect a whole lot from Michigan State, but there, there could be a handful of guys who get knocked out, and you know that list goes from three or four, five quality scholarship guys to closer to ten. So. Just tough to say at the moment, and we'll know a little bit. Uh, we'll know around Thanksgiving. Any uh, last recruiting thoughts before you get to brag? Um, let's see. What did we had a good talk with Ryan Wingo this past week uh, from yeah. St. Louis wide receiver, twenty twenty four guy who was up for the Minnesota uh, whiteout. Uh, you know, I think I think I didn't realize how well Stubbs has done with that relationship. I mean, Wingo is a top five wide receiver in the country, so. He is absolutely going to be somebody that Penn State pushes really hard for. At the same time, he has offers from everybody. He's visited just about everywhere. You know, from my talk with him, I could see Penn State being top 10, and then they'll be like a fringe top five team. Can they Can they squeeze in the top five? Can they get an official visit down the road? Wingo mm-hmm. is trying to come back in the spring for, for a visit, and, and Penn State will need him to do that because they're already behind quite a few other schools who have gotten multiple visits. Uh, he was just at this LSU-Bama game this past week. I was get I was trying to get a feel for uh, how, the, how the whiteout stacks up, and uh, he said basically the, the, the LSU-Bama game was the only game that, that he would put up against that. He said that Tennessee has some, has some fun environments too, but a good relationship there with Stubbs, a very, very, very important player uh, yeah. for Penn State in 2024. Uh, he did get to talk to Drew Aller as well. You know, spoke about spoke about Drew and you know the relationship that Pensy's going to try and get going there. So we'll, we'll see how things shape up. But getting him back in the spring will will really tell is Pensy going to be a player there or not. Right now, like I said, top ten makes sense. Fringe top five. I'm not sure if I can go there yet. 
uh, I, I'm going to do it again. How would you evaluate the job that Taylor Stubblefield has done as a receivers coach? Some great wins getting Caden Saunders and, and getting him from a guy that was probably a little bit underrated to a guy that blew up and maintained that relationship uh, to some misses. Uh, over his time at Penn State, how would you say he's done as far as recruiting and landing guys that can be difference makers? Um, kind of what you said. I, I don't know if I have a whole lot of that there. I mean, there's certainly okay. some talented players there, but they're missing. They certainly could do better on some of those bigger, um, you know, elite receivers. They're just not hard to get and, and or they're, they are hard to get, excuse me. And, and, and many of them are, are going to the same schools. I would say it's maybe a little bit above average, but I mean, I don't know if you look back over the years though, they've, they've had better, better receiver classes. So it's, it's kind of tough for me to say at the moment. I mean, I, I do think Carmelo Taylor has the opportunity to be one of those guys that we look back on and says, hey, you know, that this guy was, was truly underrated. And, and if you look at his recruiting story, you know, he, he really just was – he didn't have any information out there until March and then, you know, blew up. And, and you got to give Stubbs a lot of credit for finding him immediately, getting on him, and, and ultimately winning that recruitment. Uh, so so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, the other thing I would say, too, is that – they're not done at wide receiver in this class. I I, I thought one yeah. wide receiver, uh, they're definitely going to add another wide receiver in this class. Let's see how that shakes out. I wouldn't even be shocked if, depending on how some things play out here, uh, they, they added maybe more than one. So let's let's see who who emerges there. Uh, watching Isaiah Johnson this weekend, he he could be a guy to, to really watch. But I think recruiting is okay. It's it's not it's not elite, and and it's certainly not on Ohio State's level. So yeah, that that. Uh, you know, I think that's, that's part especially of it. with Aller. You got you got the talented quarterback. You got to put weapons around him. Yeah, and I think that is part of the conversation because Ohio State is so close and maybe this is kind of skewing the view, but it does seem like receiver talent is condensing in only a few spots, you know, like the whether it's the quarterback, whether it's the school, whatever it may be, it does seem like receivers, even when there's a one or two high four stars, you get three or four in certain places. And that kind of mm -hmm. puts casts a shadow, but whether or not that's fair, that's kind of the, the, the question. That's the conversation around the schools that, that don't I, have that right now. I do want to say, I mean, Omari Evans, like he's, he's going to be good. I mean, yeah. he, he's getting on the field for a reason right now. Is he Jahan Dotson good? Is he Parker Washington good? You know, wh where is he going to end up? It's kind of too early to say, but the fact that he's already out there producing, that, that's going to be a hell of a fine. And I, I think Stubbs are, is going to deserve a lot of credit for that one because he was a guy who, I don't want to say kind of popped up out of nowhere, but it was a quick recruitment, right? You yeah. know, merged, came, took a visit, committed pretty quickly. It was only a couple of months there. Uh, and then also, I, I don't want to sleep on, on Anthony Ivey too because Anthony Ivey somebody behind the scenes that Penn State's talking really highly about. You know, we from the practices we've seen, you know, he's not just like a scout team guy either, you know, like he, he, he has, uh, you know, he's practicing with, uh, I think the threes at times you, you've seen a little bit more than I have, but uh, he's not just a full scout team guy for them, but he is, he's, he's, is performing well. Um, you know, he's, he's gotten some developmental team recognition and things like that, but, but people do seem to be excited about Ivy. You know, the whole thing with Ivy was always just like, man, if he, if he can flip the switch and, and fully yeah. focus on football and, and really immerse themselves, um, you know, the, the sky's the limit. I mean, I remember talking to Manheim Townships coach about that three, four, five times about, uh, you know, just if he, you know, takes it to the next level as far as that being his only focus in life, uh, it, it, 
the sky's the limit for him. So I'm yeah. excited to see how that plays out. But Amari Evans is, is, is a player that I think Stubblefield deserves a lot of credit for. We talk a lot this season about speed at receiver. Um, it's, it's amazing when I, we talk about Caden Saunders and his speed and his like profile as an athlete in the recruiting process. And then you've got even Tyler Johnson, all these guys have speed, but Anthony Ivy, as far as a deep threat, when you watch him on film, and I know Manheim Township is different than, you know, some other levels of, but he has legit speed. There are a bunch mm-hmm. of guys in this class that have legit deep speed from this previous class. Okay. That off uh, the table, let's get to Ryan Snyder's best bets. Here are the best bets of the week. I have one thing I got to do first. I think this is going to be one of the best seasons Toledo's ever had. Uh, We'll do the official play will be minus seven and a half first half. Degenerate in me sometimes watches a little Hawaii, you know. Uh, Stanford, I'll, I'll, I'll play 12 with Stanford. Vanderbilt stinks. I had them last week against Notre Dame. That was a winner. My guy, let's put this up here. Five and oh last week. How about it? How about it? Mm-hmm. Come on. Give much, it to me. Much needed. Much needed. Uh, that's our first undefeated week on the year. So yeah, as you have there, 22, 18, and one. So we're back in the green, which is nice. We are 63 and 47 all time. And uh yeah, man, this was this is what uh, we did last year. Uh, got hot in November. So hoping just we can in finish time strong. for Christmas shopping. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And just in time to build that bankroll only to give it all back for bowl games when no one plays in the bowl games. So <laughs> that's what we did do. I remember last year we were to talk about maybe we should do uh like just a podcast just on bowl games and we pick them and we were trying to pick them like you know two three weeks out and uh we should we you know maybe looking back we should have did it but i didn't want to screw up my record because i just knew i would totally <laughs> screw it up if i'm trying to pick a bowl game where i know you know half, half the, the players aren't, play. aren't playing and right. you, and then there's gonna be some surprises because subterfuge and all that stuff right. so let's get to it let's get back to the list this week these are this week's best bets north carolina at wake forest kansas to texas tech kansas again here we go again. tcu texas and maryland penn state let's start north carolina at wake forest what are we talking about here yeah so i'm torn on this one i mean the 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 entertain uh from the entertainment factor i want to take an over you know, these two teams combined for 112 points last year and 113 points the year before in the over yeah. 77, which is a, you know, it's a massive number, but man, they've covered it so easy in the last two years. But I think when I'm going to do a third take, team's worth of points in there too, <laughs> over right. 77. Right. So I'm, I think I'm going to go Wake Forest though, minus three and a half. A uh, couple things that stand out to me. The last two weeks, Wake Forest, uh, 11 turnovers against NC State and Louisville. They really shot themselves in the foot in those two games. And uh, I think this is kind of going to be a a get-right spot for them at home this week. Uh, Look, UNC has done some good things over the the last five, six games since they lost to North Carolina. But they can't keep getting away with this defense. You know, it's it's the worst defense in Power 5, ranks 117th in the nation. And the, the games, the teams they've been facing since that Notre Dame game, Virginia Tech, we know they're not any good on offense. Miami, actually Duke's a little bit better than I think people give them credit for. Yep. Uh, and then Pitt in, in Virginia. I mean, four four of those five teams are ranked near the, I think, near the bottom of the ACC 
uh, in offense. And, and they're still, that defense is still allowing just a ton of points over a recent week. So I think this is the week that Wake Forest really kind of exposes that North Carolina defense. They've exposed, don't get me wrong, but really kind of takes it to another level. Uh, the, the issue is just Drake May in the backdoor cover, which is why I've been going back and forth on, on this one. I am going to go with a minus three and a half, but I am definitely scared of Wake Forest getting up 10. And then, you know, Drake uh, Drake May leads them down the field in 65 seconds and they get a backdoor coverage for it. So that three and a half scares me. I was hoping to really get a three. It is going up to four now. So uh, I got it in the last three and a half that I could. But uh, I'll take Wake Forest in this one. They got I mean, they, they still have the opportunity for an eight, nine win season. I think North, North Carolina can lose this and still make the ACC championship, which I think is, is another point. Uh, they can have a slip up and still be okay. And then not only that, I mean, people are starting to talk about, you know, North Carolina as like a dark horse college football playoff team. I heard that this week. Like, get out of here with that. That's not happening. North Carolina's. I, I, I just can't see North Carolina winning out this season. Yeah. Uh, maybe that NC State game at the end of the year trips them up. But I think this will be the one that trips them up. Give me Wake Forest minus three and a half. So I apologize for being very myopic, but I don't really pay attention to college football playoff rankings because. They're they're stacked for a reason so that teams that are predicted to fall will fall and there's movement. So Tennessee being number one, not a shocker. I believe the one thing I did hear, though, was that balance is important to this college football playoff committee of not just as many points as possible. And, you know, a dark horse team that doesn't play defense doesn't sound like right. something does it right. Right. I mean, that, that's no, kind no. of a dead giveaway. Right. No, they, and they, the committee has talked about that. I just listen to every college football podcast in the world uh, outside of our own, of course. But, uh, you know, just and just through listening through uh, a couple of the, you know, the, some of the national ones this week, there were people like, oh, you know, don't sleep on North Carolina. And I just I don't I don't see that at all. I, I think Drake May is awesome. 12 teams before you get something else. With yeah, Clemson and then totally agree. Like that. I'm still on the UCLA bandwagon. I've been on the UCLA bandwagon since last year. But uh but yeah, I, I I don't see it happening. But there's just been people talking about if they run the table and you know a one loss team and all that stuff. But I, I it ain't gonna matter. Wake Forest is winning this game. Uh, you know, and one other thing too is uh, you know, just look at the spread in this game. Like Vegas is telling you something, man. Like I, I don't think I think that the or I know obviously the the public has already been betting uh, North Carolina pretty heavy. I don't I don't have the updated numbers, but I know it was over sixty percent as of uh, Wednesday night, I believe it was. So. Uh, I just think the spread's telling you something here. Uh, take take Wake Forest here. Yeah, but if you want if you want seventy seven is a massive number, but yeah, they crushed it the last couple of years. So I, I I don't play the under. The one thing I can definitely say is uh, I wouldn't play the under. Yeah, uh, you you'd have to pay me to play the under, and I still probably wouldn't do it. So yeah, yeah. And one last thing, and I'm we're spending too much time on Wake Forest in North Carolina here, but I do. It is it is interesting having watched that North Carolina offense. If you've never seen it before, it's the read option. But if you thought Penn State's was too slow. Wake Forest is crazy and it causes some problems for defenses. If your defense isn't good to begin with, this is a this is a game for points. Uh Kansas mm -hmm. at Texas Tech. Kansas plus three and a half on the road. Mm -hmm. So basically home field advantage for the Red Raiders. What are you looking at here? Yeah, give me the Red Raiders. Uh Kansas okay. got their they they got their bowl berth. They got their sixth win last week. Fans stormed the field. Everybody went crazy. This is the perfect letdown spot after that. Uh, and then when you just look at Texas Tech's schedule, it's really simple here. Uh, they have to win this game if they want to make a bowl game. This is their absolute most winnable game they have left. Uh, they're at, I believe, four wins. They need two more. 
And, uh, you know, Joey McGuire is a, a new head coach at Texas Tech. He's going to want that bowl berth for his first year. He's going to want those extra practices, everything that comes with it. Texas Tech has struggled on the road. They're back at home this week. They've beaten Texas at home. They've beaten Houston at home. They destroyed West Virginia at home. Uh, I know Texas Tech can put up the points. Uh, Kansas will get their points too, uh, but uh, this is another one where I just think the spread's trying to tell you something here. I'm not too scared about the hook. I don't love the hook. I wish I could get it at three, but it's this is another one that's already climbing a four, and I think I even saw on a four and a half earlier. So I, I got three and a half in. I like Texas Tech, um, given that at, at home this week, and I just think Kansas, uh, you know, they they had their they had their big moment last week, and I can see Kansas losing out honestly from here on out. Uh, let's get through this next one quickly because I do want to spend a little more time with our game of the week. It's TCU versus Texas. Texas uh, at home and TCU getting seven points on the road. What do you think here? So let's be real. This is the game of the week, not Penn State, Maryland. Let's clarify that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is uh, a really interesting game to me. This is this is this is Tennessee, Georgia last week. This this is the exact script that you saw last week. Uh, the public is pounding TCU plus seven. Oh, it's so many, you know, so many points. And uh, this, I, I did see this updated number last night. I think it was like 73% of the money uh, is on TCU. Absolutely. Give me Texas in this, in this situation. A couple things with TCU one, you know, five, five of the games they've played the were against backup quarterbacks. Gabriel got hurt in the Oklahoma yeah. game. Daniels got hurt in the Kansas game. Spencer Sanders played injured in the second half, Oklahoma state. Um, I think Kansas State was playing their third string, and then Texas Tech, I think, was the other one in there. So, I mean, they've they played a lot of crappy quarterbacks, and that's had a big impact here. And yet, even playing those crappy quarterbacks, their 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 passing defense is still terrible, ranked ninety fourth in the country. Their rushing their rushing defense is also pretty poor. I think they're like seventieth or something like that. You know, now they got to go against Bijan Robinson. Uh, TCU is not going to the playoff this year. I've been betting. T if you've been watching, I've been betting TCU a lot. I've I've enjoyed betting TCU. Oh, TCU's best. Best wide receiver, by the way, is like 50-50, if that. Um, I just think a lot of things are in Texas's favor in this one. And you saw this play out last week with Georgia-Tennessee. Um, give me Texas. All right, so you're going Wake Forest and then uh, Texas Tech and – All Tech. favorites, yep. All favorites. Yeah, all favorites this week. So Wake Forest minus 3.5, Texas Tech minus 3.5, Texas minus 7. Uh, yeah, I, I think we can get it done. All right, put this up here one last time so we can look at this. Ten and a half points. Maryland on the road versus Penn State. Maryland getting ten and a half points. Uh, do you want to give your prediction after we talk about it, or do you want to uh, give you what talk. you think in this game? I, w I want your thoughts. Go ahead. Okay, so, well, a lot of what I think we talked about yesterday on uh, the podcast when I was filling in for, uh, for Sean the one thing that I talked about a lot was screens, right? And kind of breaking down Penn State's screen defense and how they attack and the style of attacking nature and how it works versus a team that likes to throw traditional screens. But I went back and I looked at the, the numbers today, and Penn State is one of the best screen defense teams in the Big Ten. For as much as they play on the line, like they're kind of just out there on the edge, They've only they've only given about about a hundred yards on screens this year. I would think, based on what I've seen previously, but you know the again going back and like you think a thing and then you want to make sure that you're not just keying on something that isn't true. Not really, Penn State. This is this is strength on strength. Penn State has been good at defending screens so far this season, and no one's really burned them in these situations. Now linebackers have struggled 
covering running backs out of the backfield. That's for sure a thing. But in, in terms of actual screens, that hasn't been as much of an issue as I thought it would be. But anytime you're playing Talia Tunga Valoa, it, it's it's such a wild card. That's that to me, that's the biggest question in this game is does he play well and does that offensive line pass protect for him? Because I'd say four out of the five positions are pretty good at pass protection. But and when you fold in the defensive, uh, the tight ends, the running backs and the center who were featured, we featured throughout the week of that's a matchup I'm looking at. That might be the kryptonite of this team, given that Penn State is so aggressive and they get those one on ones with running backs. So what's your pick? <sighs> I, they, I mean, can er- they cover ten and a half? <laughs> yes, I think they can cover ten and a half. Um, it's that. On the flip side, I, I feel like this defense doesn't have an identity in my head. The linebackers are good, but not great. The defensive line is good, but not great. They've got some big bodies that might cause Penn State some trouble in, in run blocking. But Penn State's been pretty good lately. Like, they have improved. And at a certain point, like, you do have to trust what you see. And Penn State's put mm-hmm. up 30 points in a lot of games this season. This is a team that isn't as talented. Um and then the secondary, they play a lot of prevent, like not prevent, prevent, but they play a lot of preventative coverages, a lot of cover four, mm-hmm. uh, but they do come out of their zones at times. So you've got you've got a good secondary that I think is good at coverage, but every once in a while, I think you can pull them out, whether it's a match and you're breaking the defensive scheme or guys are, I don't know if the intuitive guessing or whatever it is in the secondary, every once in a while, I see a guy that is is kind of pulled out of his position so I think Penn State can get points, but I'm not super confident in my 38-21 prediction that I had earlier this year, uh, earlier this week. Okay. Might mm-hmm. be closer to 31-33, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, so I am uh, just – I suck at picking Penn State games. I wish we could just never pick Penn State games. My record would be so much better if we did not pick Penn State games. Um, I don't know. And I, I think I'm going to take Maryland just because uh, I suck at picking Penn State games. So if I take Maryland, uh, it's a win-win for me, right? Penn State yeah. either goes on and covers, and I'm the guy picking the – What was you, it last you, week? You could fade again. I won last week. I did take Penn State last week. Last okay. week was our first win. So I'm one in five picking these Penn State games. Um, yeah. Here, my here's rationale – Here's a question. It, this one I think should decide it for you. Do you think that Penn State can keep Tunga Valoa in the pocket? Do you think they can keep him from scrambling and extending plays? Um, that's a good question. Um, I th- no. Okay, no. Then I think I, you're right. I, I think this is Maryland's game. Or no, Maryland's going to win. But this is Maryland's yeah. Super Bowl. You know, if you if you look back at that game last year, Penn State pulled it out late, and maybe that'll be how it plays out this year. I just think Maryland, every year, I think Maryland wants this a little bit more and Penn State's talent and all those things kind of uh, cover up for it. But I I don't know. There's something telling me that this game's going to be a little bit closer than what than what I think many, many expect. So I, I'm terrible picking Penn State games. Yeah. I'm going to say Maryland covers the 10 and a half this week. Penn State wins by eight, maybe. You know, I could see, I don't know, 31... 24-ish, something like that. But uh, I don't know. Just there's just for for the longest time, all all throughout the season, I've been saying Maryland is the game, is their potential Illinois game or or something yeah. like that. 
And then, you know, what I've seen from Maryland in recent weeks tells me Maryland's not on that level now. I mean, earlier in the year, I really liked Maryland, and they have faded in yeah. recent weeks. But I've also just been saying this all year. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I feel like I'm going against kind of what I've had in my head all year. I yeah. expect Penn State to win. Don't be wrong. Uh, they they absolutely need to get the 10 wins this year. It would, it would mean a lot, and I expect them to do that. But just something tells me that this game might be a, a one-score game late late in the fourth quarter yeah and talia tungavaloa will throw the ball to we'll the see. other team but he can rip your heart out and that's the part that's the wild card i don't know because late in that kind of like sean clifford <laughs> yes you you look at them statistically and uh both are first and second in uh, the big 10 in terms of passing yards under pressure they both have five touchdowns under pressure so both operate the same way tongue of Aloha is better though like he is a better he at is. scrambling keeping his eyes down the field and making those big plays but, this is the second best quarterback they've faced this year paul yeah cut you off yeah yeah uh, no but it, you, that's a that's a that's exactly why it's a wild card game but tig brown last year you bring up the game last year and i just had i had a flash of him intercepting yes. a pass from the free safety position kind of as a free mm -hmm. player reading the coverage and then taking it for a touchdown. So mm -hmm. I think Tonga below is a little bit better than that this year, but that is still a possibility. And last week, the pressure got to him. I think the injury is a part of that in terms of his decision-making and his mental processing. I don't feel it was as sharp, even if he was moving around and, and scrambling and all those things. So Penn state's going to get pressure. I think that's going to happen in this game. And then I, what happens with Drew Shelton? Do they have a plan of attack knowing realistically, I think we all are reading the tea leaves and all of the coaches are, are definitely not saying that Drew's going to start, but they're not, not saying that Drew's going to start. Right. So is there a more concerted effort to attack that player versus what Indiana could do in the first week he was out there? That's another mm -hmm. kind of wild card to me that I'm going to be monitoring but Sheldon played well last week, and I'm not going to say I'm not going to say he's not going to play well, uh, and just predict that. So I guess that you know Penn State wins, and and I'm with you. Like the cover could be there, or they could win by eight. It's going to be closer than than a blowout. Yeah, we'll see. So I'm, I'm going to just like I said, uh, bad at picking these games. I'll pick Maryland, and hopefully Penn State fans see what I'm trying to do there and, and be the reverse jinx yeah. or the uh, you know fade me in these games there. But uh, but I have said for six plus weeks now that the Maryland game is going to be the one that is a little more interesting than than we thought um, earlier in the year. So we'll see. All right, Rakeem Jarrett too is questionable this week. I do yeah. think he's going to play just from talking to people at college park, but no one, I mean, it's the same situation up here. No one really seems to know. So we'll see what, what happens there. I, I, I would, the one other thing too is, and I, the, the bet I really wanted to, to pick and maybe it's probably what I should pick is under 57. I think this, I just think 57 is a lot. And, and we just, mm -hmm. you lock at the last two years of these two games, you know, I, I could see this as a 31, 24, like I said, kind of game. So maybe that's what I should do. Can I do, can I they, switch it to under yeah, 57? Yeah. Yeah, all right, I'm, I'm all for you succeeding, so let's do that. So you're doing the under. <laughs> I, I, I am torn. Yeah, you know what? Let's do under 57, man. I, okay. I do I do, I do, do feel like um, Maryland's defense should give a little bit more pressure uh, to, to Penn State's young, uh, inexperienced offensive linemen uh, compared to what we saw last week against Indiana. That'll startle some drives. Uh, but I also you know, feel confident in saying when you look at that Wisconsin game last week, although that was played in a monsoon, uh, and a couple other games that uh, – I mean – 
you look at like the Northwestern game, the Indiana game for yep. Maryland, a couple others. You know, Penn State is a better defense than them. Like I, Maryland's consistently been getting the thirty points this year. I, I don't see that happening this game. I, I see them staying in the you know low twenties, high teens, something like that. Penn State can get, I don't know, maybe the twenty eight ish, something like that. Maybe they get the thirty one. I don't see them getting much beyond thirty one. So yeah, uh, yeah. fifty under fifty seven. That that's I feel I feel more confident in that bet. So thank you for All letting right. me change it. Absolutely. That and that'll do it. Like we're we're going to get out of there uh, get it out of here on that because I feel like that we we hit a sweet spot there. So, we'll be back <laughs> tomorrow. I believe I'm 99% sure Tom Hannafin will be back for the BWI Live post game show. So, uh, subscribe to Blue White Illustrate on YouTube, hit the notification button so you can join the show when we go live immediately following the game and we'll break down all the stuff. Was T Frank right? Did Ryan make you money? Uh, <laughs> all that stuff on the BWI live post game show, because we want to make sure that you get that sort of feeling you need after the game of whatever it was, whatever the satisfaction or frustration you have when the, when the, when the whistle sounds and the game's over and the post game show is yammering on about something, or they switch to another game and you're still fixated on this game. We're here to talk to you about it, uh, but that'll do it today. Uh, thanks again to Ryan Snyder for his insight into recruiting and, uh, his best bets. We'll be back again next, maybe next week. There was one week you were saying you might not be able to. Is next week Rutgers? Um, yeah, I have. To, I'm planning to go see Tony Rojas in DC next week. So let's okay. let's double check on that one. We'll we'll uh, next week might be a little hard. I'm, I yeah. need to go see Tony Rojas, and I want to go down there early and really maximize the day. But uh, we'll we'll see. Maybe we can schedule it. Uh, we can record ahead of time. We just yeah depends on. If these kids upstairs are back in daycare, <laughs> if I'm being done with you. So we'll figure it out then. All right. Well, we'll talk about this off air. We'll get the schedule hammered out. We'll tell you about it next week on the BWI Daily Edition. We'll talk to you then.